This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This is Eric and Jeremy. We're back with episode number five of Bucket Talk. As a reminder, we're here with Jeremy Perkins, who lives and breathes the trade every single day. Former U.S. military veteran, started out as a mechanic and now is a foreman and risen to the top of his trade. Husband, father, and most recently, a college student later in his career. And so if you want to hear more about him, go back to episode one. Today, we are focusing on uh, a hot topic Call, that we're going to call physical fitness. And this comes up for a lot of reasons, but you know, most people assume, you know, guys in the trades, girls in the trades are big, strong muscles, tattoos, sparks, all that typical stuff. But we're here to one, address a little bit of that stuff, but also talk about physical fitness in a much broader spectrum and how that relates. So, so Jeremy, what does physical fitness mean to you and, and what you see in the trades? So physical fitness to me, summing it up quickly is safely being able to do your job at 100% um, for, the, for the time you're required to do it, and also being able to make it to retirement age and, and beyond, you know, watch your children grow up, you know, with all your digits and, and uh, you know, safely be able to do that. So, you know, I want to be there for my family in the long run, and I don't want to cut anything short. So for your specific job, yep. what does it take to perform on a day-to-day basis knowing you're one of the many. There's probably some that require a lot less than you and some that require a lot more, but let's get the basis for, for you and the mechanic as a mechanic. What does it take you on a daily basis to be able to perform your job from a physical perspective? So I work, you know, long hours. Uh, we're a service industry and uh, we're, you know, 10 hour days. I know a lot of guys in my industry work a lot more than that, whether they have side gigs or, or you know, work, you know, long hours at, the, at their day job. But um, we're physical. You know, we're pushing, pulling, prying, picking things up, putting things down, sweating, freezing. Um, we're in the elements. We're out of the elements. So you know, having the good nutrition, having you know a good physical fitness, having the you know comfortable clothing, stuff that'll get you through the day. Any ailment, any uh, scratch, nick, anything like that is gonna is gonna screw you up for the day, and and you're gonna perform at a lower level. So you know. Coming in 100%, 100% healthy, 100% mind right is is like key in our industry. And are there ever times throughout the day over the course of what you do where where you actually need to exert your full strength <laughs> daily? So I work I work in a and it's kind of a unsaid rule. The younger guys kind of look out for the older guys. You know, the older guys are putting their time. So when it comes to you know, pushing a truck into the shop that doesn't run. You know, younger guys and girls got to get out there and and uh, carry their own weight because you know the other guys have, have put in their time. We spend a lot of time picking things up, whether it's taking an engine out of a car. We don't physically take it out, but guide the engine out of the car. These things are heavy. Yeah, you think you take it out of the car? But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these are these are big, heavy pieces of equipment that we use to safely use them. We we have to be in top physical condition. And it's so strength is the one, the stereotypical one that everybody yep. assumes, but let's hit two that are the, the least stereotypical, which is interesting. Let's talk about first flexibility and then we'll get to another one. But so flexibility, 
the almost the opposite of strength, big, strong muscles, very inflexible. <laughs> How does that come into play with what All you're right, doing? All right, so this is hysterical. Our shop, we do a lot of under dash stuff. And if, for people that don't know, if you have something wrong in your brake pedal, gas pedal, in footwells, in wherever, we are upside down, contorting our body, and it it it's painful at sometimes, but but other times it's just funny to watch your your companion or coworker with their legs sticking out of a vehicle up underneath the dash, you know, just trying to get that bolt, and you know it. It takes some physical fitness to do that. All right, and then the last one, let's talk about endurance. So obviously there's some trades, and we'll, and we'll talk about other trades in a minute, but there's some trades that require a lot of endurance, but uh, uh, you know, the stereotypical, as, as I think of it, you know, not being in it mechanic, you're not really running around the job site, you're not, but talk about how endurance comes into play in your field. So right now, to be, to, to be honest with the trades, is I'm, I'm struggling a little on the endurance side of things because I am, you know, I have two young ones at home, I'm still trying to perform at a high level at my job, but I'm also going to college. And, and in, that, in that time, I, I'm spending actually more time awake and less time than I should be sleeping. So, you know, I find times throughout the day to take naps or um, not necessarily at work, but, you know, when I get home, grab 15 minutes and then, that way that you know, I can fill that void of, of, you know, having that eight hours, having the good meals, having whatever. And there, and in the trades, you're going to have that. There's going to be sleep deprivation. I know guys at linesmen that go down to natural disasters and they're working, you know, 15, 18, 20 hours a day, you know, trying to get electrical power grids up, you know, any guys that do any, you know, all the, all the tree work guys, anybody that's doing stuff like that, they're going to be, you know, sleep deprived and, and having a body that can perform under those conditions, it will just, you know, definitely set you up. I mean, we're stinky, sweaty, just, you know, grimy and, and, and sleep deprived, you know? So it sounds like you guys have, at least in your, in your trade, you got a pretty, pretty rigorous physical fitness requirement. Um, obviously, uh, a less rigorous requirement in the trades is as people start to move up ma management and they're sitting in trailers and they're managing people, obviously theirs is less, but can you talk about some of the guys you know on a personal level that theirs is, is you know, is double yours or 10x <laughs> yours and it is at the extreme level of if they're not in physical shape, they can't even show up and do so the job. So the, I would say the guys and girls out there that are the grizzliest would have to be our iron workers. I mean, I just hear stories of iron workers and pile drivers, you know, in ditches and trenches, you know, walking, just working with steel, just grizzly. You know what I mean? Same with our you know, when you get into agriculture and stuff like that, you got Trees. you got all the 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 uh, lumberjacks and the uh, you know the tree workers, arborists, um, and those guys. I mean, they're out there. They're in the elements. They're you know, it's cold. It's hot. It's it's just that's some work. I mean, that's crazy work. But at the same time, you got you know you got your tow truck drivers who people you know, don't realize that, you know, they're out in the elements, you know, humping a cable all the way into the woods to pull that, that car that flipped over. And, and it just goes on and on from there. Guys pulling cable up through sewers. And I mean, there's just, there's so the, the possibilities are endless and, you know, being in that physical, physical condition is, 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 uh, the key here, you know, you know, one of the, I'd say more modern conversations that are happening just in general culture, but I think is relevant here is sleep. And that's something that, you know, 
people are heroed for, oh, you know, I, I got three hours of sleep last night and I'm working and, and, you know, or, and when you're younger, it's like, I went to the bar and I got up at two hours and I'm sleeping. But, you know, as, as I'm getting older and I'm in, in all this kind of modern literature and reading about sleep is like, no, you're, you're like, you know, to perform at your best, you actually need a solid night's sleep. So talk, talk to me about sleep. So when I started off in the military, I actually got a uh, introduction on, um, not sleep habits, but downtime versus uptime. You know, our pilots had, they could only fly a day, eight hours a day. Um, you know, the boat guys, everybody who was an operator in some capacity had to have downtime and actually DOT, Department of Transportation, regulates a lot of our downtime. Now, it doesn't it doesn't span across the the, uh, the trades completely, but there's a there's a lot of you know our CDL commercial driver license truck drivers. They're regulated by the Department of Transportation. They're only allowed to drive so long without having, and, and that's all logged. So there's there's some science behind sleeping and sleep habits. And uh, when we plow snow, it's 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 good to go home. Get sleep, knowing that there's going to be snow, knowing you're going to be up at three in the morning, and not knowing how long the duration of the storm is going to be. To keep you safe, to keep people safe, to keep your team safe, it's good to meet those requirements of you know yeah, yeah. sleep and and physical fitness. It sounds like if the government's putting in regulations, then there's real issues that they're trying to solve, right? And they're they're not the most stringent, right? So the fact that they're putting these things in places, guys and gals really need their sleep in these jobs in these environments and. And so if they're putting in whatever that requirement is, just my, my common sense would tell me is probably actually need more than what the minimum standard is. Well, right? and, really and, it's, and it's not to speak to just blue collar trades. Everybody knows that there's always somebody pushing the envelope. So if the government says you can drive for 10 hours, but it's loosely regulated, somebody's going to drive for 12 or 15 hours. It, it is with anything, you know, there's always that gray area. So, you know, setting those guidelines allows everybody to follow those standards. And, you know, now they've even implemented, you know, hearing and uh, actual physicals, you know, medical examinations for people that do it. Because you, you don't know if you have an underlying heart condition or, you know, you d we don't know what those people have gone to for, you know, medical practice or, or what have you. So in my world, not being in the trades, you know, one of the unusual things is was early in my career, which was a badge of honor and still may be a badge of honor, you know, I used to pride myself on grinding harder than anyone, working till two, three in the morning, getting up at five, flying all over the place. And, and you know, last night I slept two hours. You know, even even these days, sometimes I have to pull an all-nighter to get something, you know, to get the website launched that we launched last week. You know, I, yeah. I pulled an all-nighter, but 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 I'm realizing like that's that's actually detrimental and I actually really need to get my sleep in the in the trades is getting which used to be now, now in my in my craft, it's it's actually reversed. People are getting, you know, Jeff Bezos is, a, you know, CEO of Amazon, prides himself in getting eight eight hours plus sleep a night. And the trades is getting and running off a little amount of sleep, a pride thing. Was that ever a thing? Has that changed, or is that not a non even a, a thing? So you can do it if you do it, you do it properly. There are days that we're jamming at our shop and. I would go to the shop because I, I I don't sacrifice after five because that that cuts into my family time, but prior to uh, the shop opening is my time. The kids are asleep, wife's asleep. It doesn't matter what time I wake up in the morning. So having a key to the shop and everything, I could go in there two three in the morning, jam out and, and try to crank out as many cars as I can, 
before we open up. It's great because, you know, quiet and, and you're not being bothered. But, you know, there are necessary times that I have to do that. Yeah, it adds a little bit of stress, but you do it when you can. You don't, you got to have a little common sense when you do it. You can't just do it all the time and burn yourself out. I mean, burnout's huge right now. I think we got a good a good cover on sleep. Let's jump into the obvious. You know, not all trades, but generalizing here, you guys are working in an environment that's more prone to injuries, right? right. Than someone sitting behind a keyboard all day that might get carpal tunnel or, <laughs> you know, uh, well, which so- is a real thing. So we're not minimizing that, but you guys are working, putting yourselves in a little bit of danger. Let's talk about injuries and, and how that plays in. So step one for us as mechanics, we buckle our seatbelt. It's, it's hysterical, but you know, that is actually our biggest risk of injury is the fact that we're test driving a vehicle. We're going to get into a car accident. But besides that, yeah, I want to come home with all my fingers, all my toes. Uh, I personally wear steel toe boots. It's a preference, but you know, you get outside of the trades and, or not outside of the trades, but you get outside my trade and you know, the, the environment becomes a little bit harsher. You know, guys are working with chainsaws, guys are working with live wires. So staying safe, knowing your, your surroundings and, and really protecting yourself is, is a huge thing because if you can't work, you're not making any money. You're not supporting your family. You're and if you don't have a family, you know, you're just starting off in life. I mean, you got your whole life ahead of you. Having five fingers isn't, isn't a good way to go. My day-to-day, I don't really worry about it at work, but I actually spend my off hours, my weekends, worrying about you know whether I'm skiing or riding ATVs or snowmobiles, being like, I can't injure myself because that actually keeps me away from my day job. But from you guys who have all the extracurricular stuff, you're on 24-7, which is during the day you're actually worried about it, and then when you're doing your personal stuff, if it gets into in, a little bit of a risky scenario, you got to think about it then too. Well, so the good, part of, the good and bad part about us is uh, we do have – a lot of safety training, a lot of safety awareness. Uh, there's placards, there's everything. So what, what are placards? Uh, just signs on the walls. Uh, so there's, you know, wear safety glasses, um, hard hat area, steel toe boots or composite toe. It, it all depends. It's, it's a plus because when we do, when we do our own personal stuff, we actually have a little bit more knowledge than, than the layperson might have. So the layperson actually might be at more risk than us because we've had training, even though it is, a little bit more of a, a of a riskier job per se. The training and the knowledge is there, so it, it's just whether you choose to move, use it. I mean, I've had metal removed from my eye, and that was just from lack of wearing safety glasses. And you know, I wear safety glasses now, but I learned a valuable lesson. I still have my eyesight, and everything's fine. But there's nothing like having to get a piece of metal removed from your eye, and then having to deal with that. And same with with welding. You know, guys wear uh, welding helmets for a reason. I, had welders flash for people that don't know what welders flash is is you know probably three four five hours after you've looked at a you know a welding arc your eye is essentially burned and now you have a sunburn on your eye and you can't open up your eyes Jesus. to save your life yeah so i had to go you know 12 hours with you know it felt like i had sand in my eyes and you know no matter how hard you pried your eyes open it sucked and it eventually went away, but these are real things that, that can cause permanent damage. And like I said, I want to be there for my children, my wife, you know, my family in the long term. So, you know, mitigating these, these uh, injuries is, is kind of the name of the game. So that dovetails perfectly into a topic we want to hit, which is technically called personal protective equipment or PPE. also known as PPE, right? Yeah. So he already hit on a bunch naturally, seal toe boots, uh, you know, welder's mask, glasses, but 
historically, in, and probably from prior generations, at least from my, my father's generation, a lot of the other guys are like, you don't need to wear that. You don't need goggles. You don't need safety to almost like, you know, too tough for that type of thing. So everybody knows, everybody knows that, that, that iconic picture of all the guys eating lunch on the, the I-beam. Yep. But yep. Uh, nowadays, if you look at, at an iron worker, the, the harness setup his her is in, um, a lot of times they'll have a, a net, a safety net underneath them. There's a lot more safety items put in place today that, that, than there were before. I was actually doing a project on the Grand Coulee Dam for one of my college papers, and they talked about the amount of people that passed away during the, the building of the Grand Coulee Dam from dropped objects to um, just falls. I mean, most of it was just falls building a dam, and you don't hear about that anymore. And, and the reason is, is because we are now a lot safer. We're harnessed in. We're strapped in. You know, guys up in buckets, same thing. You know, if you pay attention to, you know, with OSHA, OSHA has done great things to to keep people safe. And um, as long as you follow those guidelines, you'll be safe too, you know? Yeah. And so so let's talk about OSHA a little bit. So so OSHA is the big one, right? And in, in dealing, you know, and I, I'm spending a lot of time in the boot space and the apparel space. There's, there's ANSI, ANSI requirements, yeah. American National Standards Institute for Safety Tail Compression. OSHA is the, it sounds like, and we don't have to get super technical on this because we'll, you know, there's a lot of experts out there probably listening and they'll say that's wrong. There's, but they, they're a governing body that helps try to really protect the workers. Right, right, right. Goal, I mean, right? we have we have a lot of uh, a lot of things in, in different environments. Um, you know, a lot of shops and and workspaces are required to have what's called a material safety and data sheet. It's an MSDS, and pretty much that lists every chemical or a- anything in that that's used in that building and has. The emergency information, you know what, what the proper precautions. So, OSHA has worked for, for as long as for a long time. Let's just put it that way. I don't have any numbers, but um, has worked for a long time for for workers' safety. And um, you know, it, it's good they put on training. Um, a lot of people are OSHA certified and hard hats. I mean, there's videos out there. People are like, oh, what's a hard hat going to do when something falls? I've watched plenty of videos and it's it's amazing that a hard hat will protect yep. your head. Yep. You know, from safety yellow, uh, you hear a lot of the guys not being able to be seen on the highway or, you know, on job sites and road cones and flares and uh, I mean just everything. Everybody's seen something on YouTube from from our industries. The better you can stay safe and 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 the uh the more aware i mean awareness is like a huge thing the just because you have your big cone set up doesn't mean that you're safe also you knowing your environment will make you safer i mean you watch police officers who are constantly looking over their shoulder to make sure they're not going to get hit when they're doing a traffic stop i mean that's the stuff you need to be aware about you can't just be complacent so it sounds like over the years over the decades from the from our prior generation where we're oh, yeah. being safe safe was almost a non-cool thing to now not only are these these bodies like OSHA and ANSI and ASTM mandating it, but it sounds like the workers these days are, are more embracing it. But what's your advice for someone that gets into a situation where they might be working for an old school worker where they're, you know, uh, you know, myself as a, a roofer don't when be, I was 14, don't, and, and be don't strap in, save time, da, nope. da, da, you know, don't be embarrassed. It's your life. You know what? There's, it's just a job. And you know, I hear it over and over and over again. You know, um, we don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do this. It's just a job. If your employer doesn't like it and you feel uncomfortable, 
There's always another job out there. And, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, it, 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 I may be ruffling feathers and, and it may be a pride thing, but it's your body and, and, and you your life. Exactly. You know, if you feel uncomfortable, whatever. You know, I like that. that. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's you something. Only get, you only get one body, yeah. one life, but you can get a lot more jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. I yep, mean, yep. take it with you and, and protect it. It's, it's important. I like that. All right. One last topic. I want to nerd out here a little bit. You know, I was trying to get myself in good shape for this year, so I got this thing called the Whoop. Uh, not sponsored ad, but no whoop, will whoop. at Whoop. Good friend. He was upstairs for me in Boston. This is a performance band for athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to think of myself as an athlete, uh, yeah. even though mm -hmm. uh, I don't really do anything athletic. But it measures. Nope. Well, the reason I bought it was not for my activity, but what it does is it's actually helped me sleep more at night which is something that I was, okay. on average, I was at four and a half hours a night. I got up to five and a half hours. Now I'm at like seven, seven and a half. So it, it measures Lucky. every morning. It lets me know. And I update how I slept. Obviously the most common, and this is an unusual thing, you know, I got to get from a friend, but Fitbit, it's very common. Tell me about what you're seeing. You know, there's a lot of data and technology, which is obviously in the white collar world, but are people in the blue collar world starting to embrace that technology in their from a physical perspective? So I see. I, first off, I see a lot of things. The trades originally embraced the trade as their exercise. I do see now with team building and and what have you that that people are actually moving outside their trades to take on whether it's OCR. Uh, whether it's softball or just kind of just kind of moving from the whole like. I rake leaves all day or I, you know, I swing a sledgehammer all day to now they're, they're taking it outside of that with the Fitbits and the technology. I mean, me personally, I see it a lot with, um, you know, the, the people I, I do physical fitness with, but it's hard to wear a Fitbit when I, I got my ring tattooed because it's a safety issue, me wearing a ring at work. So the less jewelry, the less stuff we have on us, I mean... All right, for the entrepreneurs out there, sound like there's an opportunity to make something. Maybe there. if they made an ankle bracelet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of those out there too. <laughs> and in the white collar world. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Let's, let's, so, so the high level, I think the high level takeaway, at least I had here was, yeah. is, and was, is this new, the new, the modern worker, the modern generation has nothing to do with age. It's where we are today is, is much more prone and accepting of one, they need to keep themselves in shape, one, right. to, to live a good life, to do their job, and three, to stay safe. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the yesteryear had the stereotypical, you know, the overweight plumber with the plumber's crack that, you know, can't even get down to do the do the sink or, and gets home and drinks beer every night and, you know, eats a TV dinner and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I, and, and to speak to that, one of the, one of the reasons why I, so I came out of the military, I was in the trades, my physical fitness more, or my, let's just say my young body carried me up to a certain point. And then I started hearing stories of, of guys at 50 and 60 having heart attacks, you know, some of them making it through, some of them not, but these are all guys in the trades. And they get to a certain management point or they get to a certain supervisor role where then now it's less physical demand on their body and they kind of just lose that, you know, and they never had a physical activity outside of it. So guys are, you know, dropping at, at 60 and um, I, I want to be able to walk my daughter and, or son down the aisle, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I want to be there for the long term, you know, so... That's when it kind of it kind of dawned on me after going to a few wakes and 
and just saying, hey, you know, I, I need to I need to kick it up. I need to, you know, the, the, the actual eating healthy, that stuff I, I had to figure out. But the protecting yourself is a given. I mean, that starts at a young age. You got to do that. And none of this stuff has to be extreme. It's it's keeping yourself in good shape from from whatever exercise, whether you get it at your job or if not, maybe put it in after yeah. hours or, or you want to be a superhero and do more. Eating healthy doesn't mean you have to eat you know, green stuff all day long, but no. just, just making sure you're not going crazy with the beers and the wings yeah, and all be that careful stuff. with the lunch truck every day. I mean, that, not only does it kill your wallet, but also it also yep. fattens you up a little bit. So physical fitness, eating, injuries and all that stuff are really like the big things to really watch out for. And, and it's more of, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be that that uh, that super straight edge person. But you know, yeah, I mean, really I, just paying attention to it. And then the other thing, I don't want to lecture anybody, but you know, your substances, alcohol, tobacco, um, you know what they are. So we're not going to get into it. But you know, those do play. They do play a factor. So you know. All right, maybe that's an interesting topic for a future episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Bucket Talk. We'd love to hear from you in the comments down below. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. We'll get back to you. Otherwise, you'll hear from us next week. Peace.